Today on Star Today, Win Tomorrow, we're talking to Simon Wilson of Old Acre Wines up in Napa Valley, California. What was cool is I met him about a month ago, and it was at an event with about 40 other wineries, came down here to Costa Mesa, and these other wineries are standout, big-time name brands, and here is uh, Simon. He just opened this up about four years ago. It's his first bottle, and it was a standout that day, and so I really think it was a cool story because here's a guy who just jumped into something that he was passionate about, decided to say, fuck it, we're going to do it, and uh, you know, here he is. He has a winery, and it's a really su big success, so uh, I think you guys really like it. There was some cool stuff. We talked about wines. We talked about uh, what it takes to be uh, in the wine business and kind of where he is going in the future. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy. tomorrow today guys on start today win tomorrow we're here with simon wilson the founder of old acre he's got a great cabernet we um i met him at the uh tour of napa by high times a local uh wine uh store here in costa mesa it's one of the best actually in, in southern california and um his wine stuck out his story was incredible um simon thanks for being here oh, you're welcome appreciate it pleasure now, Simon, tell me where you're from. Give me a little background about where, you, where you're from. Um, I was, I'm originally from, uh, from England. I was born in the UK. Um, I, was, uh, I was brought up in the north of England. Uh, for those that you know the area, little, little, about 20 miles below Newcastle, in okay. a place called Redcar. Okay. Um, went to school there. And then uh, big soccer fan. Oh, uh, football! If you don't know. football, who's your football team? <laughs> my my team is Middlesbrough. Okay, I've supported them since I was about six years old. All right. I think that there's a show on TV right now that says uh, through a man's life he can he can change religions, wives. Um, but not a football but not team. A, not his football team. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's in your blood and you can't let go. So we're currently in the playoff spots for to get back in the Premier League this year. So nice. after going down last year, so that's a beautiful thing. Um, so yeah, I grew up there and uh, I I left there when I was I couldn't wait to get out of the industrial northeast. Um, in England, every every area you get you have a nickname, and, and our, our nickname, unfortunately, is the Smoggies. The Smoggies. Because we grew up in the smog. Right, <laughs> right. The industrial northeast, yeah, a lot of steelworks. Uh, not anymore, but uh, when I grew up, there was a lot of lot of industry, a lot of steel, uh, ICI paintworks, a lot of uh, a lot of smokestacks. Right. And I couldn't wait to get out. When did you get out? What was that? Like? So I left you? when I was uh, 16. So 16 years old. And where did you go? I went to London. Okay. Um, I was incredibly fortunate. I was, I was, uh, I was fascinated and, and mad on motorcycles. And I wrote a letter to, uh, to who at the time was the biggest motorcycle racer in the world, a guy called Barry Sheen. He went on to win. I actually, at that time, I think he'd already won one world championship, but he went. He won a couple of world championships in the old 500cc class, which is now um, Motor Grand Prix. And I wrote a letter to to him um, and to Suzuki, who who he rode for. Wow. And uh, and stunningly got a reply. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, basically, it was uh, you know yeah. I, I just said, I'll do anything you want, you know, I'll work for free, whatever. And, right. and I had an opportunity to go to London and, uh, and start basically uh, what we, I was, I was called the gopher, you know, wow. go for this, yeah, go absolutely. for that. 
And what uh, an experience. Yeah, it was incredible. And I, I went, I within, you know, I remember getting there and they're saying to me, you know, do you have a passport? And I was like, no, I don't. So we had to go to the post office. And within a week, I think I was in Italy, Imola in Italy, like working for this, uh, this, this, this team, right? This God right? This, this of mine. So, God. yeah, that was my start. And then I stayed in motorcycle racing um, um, really through till about 1980. 1982 and 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 it was so unfortunate i mean there was back then it was a really dangerous sport and, right. and a lot of guys that that um i worked with and traveled with and and loved like brothers uh, you know were, were killed was that right and it really put me off it and, and i still have some very you know fun friends that, that made it through that yeah. time but um yeah it was it got to that point where it just wasn't fun anymore you right because you were losing friends left and right and so yeah, yeah so changed the whole life. so i went back to my first love which was uh was was tennis so i grew up playing tennis and and i i uh i wanted to pursue that a little bit more and um my my mom and my stepdad uh, 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 he worked for general electric um and came over here to do some work at san Onofre, okay uh, the power plant and uh, and they they were in Dana Point. And I remember my mom calling me and saying like, "Oh my God, you got this place, Dana Point. It's just incredible. <laughs> right, I bet. You got to come and check it out." So, I uh, I and had the opportunity. How, how old were you then when you were checking out? I was twenty five. Okay. Yeah. So probably about four or five years after I'd been out of the, the racing, racing thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I'd been living in Cardiff in Wales, working at the Sports Council for Wales, their national development centre, teaching, taking teaching credentials to to teach tennis and, and you know trying to trying to play. Right. And I had this great opportunity to come over to America and check out this Dana Point place, and just instantly fell in love with it. This day you stepped foot, you just couldn't believe. Yeah. And I I. I've had a lot of breaks in my life, I suppose, talking about it all at once kind of makes, makes it seem that way. But I, I, met, I went to uh, uh, Dana Hills Tennis Center and uh, met this lady, Barbara Lemberg, um, who was a teaching professional there. And, uh, and, and hit, you know, they have every Friday, they have a, I think it was a play for Corona thing, which right. at the time I didn't understand was a beer. But <laughs> <laughs> right. um, yeah, and, and we had a great time. And, and Brad Albert, who was the, the head guy there, offered me an opportunity to help teach the youngsters. And one thing led to another. And you had a job. Within, yeah, within, <laughs> it was, really wasn't the intention. But I loved it so much, and I had this great opportunity to to be here in America with you know the What's son. What's your family too, right? I mean, yeah, my mom was over here, but she was they were going to be going back. Oh, is that right? Yeah, okay. and I was fortunate enough. There was a few Brits kicking around uh, the area at the time. Uh, it was actually a year before the the Rosen Crown Pub opened in San Clemente, which was a, a game changer, whole another chapter, <laughs> <laughs> um, where we started our own football team and. And, and, and I, I got to meet a lot of ex, expats over there. And it, it, it just felt, made me feel so at home here in the States. And wow. just the beaches and, and you know, the, the lifestyle, lifestyle and everything. So sick of cold winters in the UK. So, yeah, came over and, um, and just loved it and had this great opportunity. So I went back and sold the few things that I had. And, and within, I think, uh, I think it was Memorial Day in 1987. I came here and I've been here ever since. Wow, loving it still. Absolutely. Just, How yeah, can you know? It, it's it, it's incredible. <laughs> I've traveled a lot of places and it's still one of the best. I, yeah, for me too. That that was a that was a thing for me. I think I think the first time I ever realized that 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 England wasn't really home anymore was when you know you got on the plane to come back here and and you felt like you were coming home. It took about ten years, but wow. 
Now, so uh, how did you get? When did the wine business come into play? I mean, it sounds like you're living a kind of different lives here. Yeah. Where, where's wine come into play? Um, so had you always had a passion for it? Not really. I was I was always a beer guy. Right. Um, I'm a beer guy. Growing up in England, you know, and and drinking back then what was bitter and you know real ales as you call it here now and um, but back then yeah um, a lot of the 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 big. Uh, breweries still existed, you know, Bass and Newcastle. We, right, right, we right. could smell the, when they were used to brew at Newcastle Brown Ale, we could smell wow. the, the yeast and the hops. It was kind of crazy, but yeah. And, and I, uh, <clears throat> after I'd been here in the States doing the tennis thing for a while, I actually got into the golf industry. Uh, <laughs> another leap of faith. Right. Um, and uh, long story short, I ended up, um, up until about three years ago, I, I spent 10 years working on the PGA Golf Tour. Okay. Um, I worked for a, a golf shaft manufacturer called True Temper Sports, and they supply um, pretty much 80 to 90% of every steel golf club that you've ever seen. Yeah. Callaway, TaylorMade, Ping, Nike, whoever makes the golf club. Uh, True Temper are the standard steel shaft in that. And, and consequently, um, they they get the endorsement from that by having their shafts in, in the 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 best players in the world's right. golf club. So, um, you know, Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, those, uh, you know, those type of guys. And so uh, I was tour support for those guys. And it so was, you were meeting all the different... It was a clubs. lot of, it was, yeah, it, it's as much kind of, uh, it's as much kind of entertaining dinners. Right. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, go, taking the manufacturers, uh, all, the, all the teams have trucks out there sure. now, every event. And... Uh, Whining, dining, taking the manufacturers' sure. reps out for dinner, and 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 the, you know hanging out with the players, and just kind of generally doing good PR work for the company, Huge. as well as you know having a technical aspect where we used to fit players. I worked a lot with the European players. Like I worked a lot with Justin Rose. I worked a lot with Rory. Um, I worked a lot with a lot of the European players, and I used to spend Incredible. half my year here and then half my year going back to Europe. So wow. it was awesome. So to get to the wine, um, yeah, got so lucky. To uh, to travel so much in you know France and, and and Italy and going out for going out for dinner and and, and especially in America, and great steakhouses all over this country. And right. We we used to get through a fair amount of uh, of juice. <laughs> right. When we were out at night and 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 I started to get fascinated with the the different wines, different regions, different um, all, all flavor profiles. Yeah, and and and, it, it, and and you know, luckily because some of those guys, you know, are quite well off. Right. We we, we would. Uh, we're drinking some of the finest yeah, we, juice in the world. We, right? we would be able to afford to try stuff, and I remember just being stunned by you know some uh, you know early two thousand uh, Joseph Phelps insignia and some old Kama special selection and um, you know just just some some older stuff um it's relatively comparatively to 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 france and 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 you know the the old world stuff it's right. it's, it's not new it's super it, interesting right I mean, it, that, it's that's... super new not you know i mean when you say when i say old i mean 20 years here is kind of an old wine right whereas 20 years in france is you know it's it's, it's still it's you know, still in the cellar sure so i just i just got really fascinated with it and i started to wonder like why how you know how do they how do they make a grape that's this yeah? Good? How do yeah? What's the difference? Is it is it the winemaker that makes the difference? Is it is it is it you know is it the 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 the, the vineyard it comes from? Is it the the type of grape? Is it blended? Is it you know what what is this whole thing? And so I started to do some research, probably as far back as maybe 2011, 2012, 
and um, and just got fascinated with the whole thing, and then started taking trips. My uh, my my better half in life, Laurel, um, who's been a great support through all of this. She uh, her family live in uh, Nevada, okay. in, in Marin County, which is a you know twenty minute ride, and you and you're you're you know heading into Napa country. Is that right? Yeah. So it, I, we used to go. I started going wine tasting a lot with uh, family, uh, which is tradition. If you live in, in going wine tasting, there's like us going to the beach. Right. Exactly. You know, they, right. every other weekend. Oh, let's get a limo, go to wine country. So we started going and going to these different wineries and vineyards and, and, and checking it out, I mean, and, and, and tasting through some different stuff and, and just, um, just the fascination start to realize that, yeah, that stuff from Alexandra Valley wasn't quite the same as the stuff from Napa and it wasn't quite the same as stuff from Sonoma and just started to kind of feel it out and, and then I started making some inquiries um, as to, you know, how you know all the it seems like a lot of these families you know like obviously um the mondavis and and the phelpses and the cake breads and these founding fathers of the valley right you know, um god rest all of them i mean they 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 they, they are those three guys probably i've just said are probably most of the reason why the valley exists sure, no um, doubt. you know they did it because they had a huge passion for for what Wine they were making, doing yeah. and and they you know, some of the vineyards that they used back then are still some of the, you know, most Best. prominent vineyards. Yeah. yeah, George III and Latour and, you know, all the good stuff that they, they still continue to put out. And, and, and part of the reason why the industry has grown like it has was because of those guys. So just going to, like, those places and, and driving through those vineyards and, and, and checking it out and, and, and then uh, having the opportunity to, like I say, through beauty of the internet you know you can find out anything these days sure. and, and I just started to do spend a lot of time in the off season from the golf uh, you know focusing on on that and I think probably a year before I stopped you know you start started getting an idea that this is something that could end up being something a little bit more than than just, just, just the research yeah, yeah. Right. I, I kind of initially thought that what I'd like to do is open to give people in South Orange County the opportunity to drink the wines that I'd been right. privileged to drink. So my initial thing was that I thought I would a wine bar, right? Thought I'd open like a, a tasting room, like the Taste of Napa or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And and bring in all those great wines. And I was actually playing golf with a couple of friends of mine who actually have brought out a beverage with the golfer John Daly. Uh, he has his own cocktail. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called, John Daly's cocktail, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's an Arnold Palmer with vodka in it. Oh, it's like oh, vodka know. sweet tea. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's they, their slogan is grip it and sip it. <laughs> <laughs> total total so, daily. Yeah, I was playing golf with these guys, and uh, Brian and Christian, and, uh, and Brian said, like, dude, why, why, don't, why don't you just make your own wine? Right. And I was like, what? And he's like, just, why don't you make your own wine? I just, kind of resonated and I was like yeah why don't I make my own wine I mean right. you know I mean you've it, done the research you know yeah you know kind that. of and I was just it's kind of like could I make wine it's I don't know I mean any anyone that's ever tried to make beer or a cake or whatever it's like yeah can I do this right. you know and and you know and I thought well maybe maybe I can so did some more research and found um found an amazing place uh in the industrial area of Napa uh, called the Foundry. Okay, yeah. And uh, it's a, it's, it's not really a collective, um, but the, what they do is uh, the the guys there they have they have contracts with uh, a 
lot of different vineyards, right. which gives them access to some incredible fruit. Right. Uh, the fruit we used in, in, this, in this Cabernet was uh, from uh, the Rutherford Bench Vineyard, and, and they have six acre, and they have access to, to George III, and they have access to Manly Lane, and they have access to just a, a, a bunch of, of different um, vineyards for different varietals as well. So they, it's not just Cabernet grapes. They have Cabernet Franc grapes, and they have um, Merlot grapes and Syrah, and you know all the, the great ingredients that you, you, you need to make great wines. And... Um, I had the opportunity to sit down with Steve Ryan, um, the GM from, from the foundry, and spend some time talking about these things and, and how we could go about doing it. And, right. Uh, and basically uh, kind of came away from that feeling like it was a possibility. When was this? What year was this? That was at the end of... 14. End of 14. Yeah. So Just saying, you're, at the end of 14, you, you've, you've, you've come to the realization this is something you do. Right. And you're going to jump into it. Yeah. So I barrel tasted through a bunch of different wines and um, that they had that, that already been picked. Like this is a 13. So this this was this was already barreled down. You know, right. it had already been it already been picked and and, uh, and crushed and barreled down right. by that point. And and we tasted through a bunch of stuff, and we decided I was going to make 100 cases. We ended up making about 120, but about 100 cases of wine, uh, which is four barrels. There's about 25 cases per barrel Okay. if you're going on volume. And we, uh, we tasted through, and this was, to me, was the standout. I, I loved the juice. And, it, and at that time, it was, it was just in the barrel. It was yeah. so in French oak. What does so, it mean, just being in the barrel? What, what, so... Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I mean, the process is that after, you know, after the wine's been, been uh, treated and, and, you know, crushed, you know, destemmed, crushed, um, it, it, and fermented in the, in the tanks, it's put into barrels right. just basically to rest and get flavor. Right. Um, I mean, it's an arduous process. I mean, if you want to make a lot of money quickly in, in wine, um, <laughs> don't don't bother. Right? Don't bother doing that. It's a big tie-up of your of your uh, Time of your energy. of your funds, basically. I mean, so like for instance, with our wine, with this uh, with this Rutherford Bench Cabernet, it was it was uh, the grapes would have been picked in September, October, or 13. probably late August, early September of thirteen. Um, barrel down in in September, October, and then 24 months. I mean, two years just in barrel. Right, just um, sitting there. Yeah, before we even you know this particular wine we we blended. We, it's a single vineyard, meaning right. that 95% of the wine in this bottle all comes from one vineyard. And do you, do you feel like that's what gave you the characteristics that are, make you stand out because the, the, the vineyard that you're picking from is such a, a great grape? Yeah. I mean, I, I truly believe that, that you need the, – the fruit has to be pristine. I mean, it, uh, to make a wine like this. I mean, I'm not <laughs> – I do have a T-shirt that says wine snob on it, and that could be a little bit right. in my DNA. But I just think if, you, if you're going to make a, a really uh, high-end reserve wine, I mean, the fruit is, is super important, That's especially in a single vineyard. So to call a Cabernet a Cabernet, it only has to be 75% Cabernet. So you, you've got 25% leeway of the different fruit you can use, and you don't even have to say what that is. Sure. It could be Merlot, it could be Syrah, it could be Cabernet Franc, and it's plain, but you can still put Cabernet Sauvignon on the label. Right. To call it a single vineyard, it has to be 95% from, same, that. from that vineyard, 
And what we did, we had an opportunity uh, through some of the other fruit that they had at the, at the wine foundry, we blended this Cabernet. Um, uh, my, my, uh, the wine, one of the other winemakers from the wine foundry who, who I, we use as a consultant, Patrick Saboa, he's, Patrick's awesome. And we spent, him and I spent about three days um, blending, which is, uh, if you like purple teeth. Right. Just all day long. Yeah, right? all day long. Just, just, and it's amazing how the small differences and uh, the subtleties of, of, of blending. We blended this with uh, 4% Petit Verdot that comes from um, a great Petit Verdot uh, vineyard um, called Massa, Massa Ranch. And then, believe it or not, 1% Malo from Broken Rock, which is a, a, great, um, a great vineyard for, for Malo. And that 1%, um, we went backwards and forwards on 3% Petit Verdot, 2% Malo, tasted a little back-end heavy, and, and we just tried to find that balance. I mean, then after the wine was made and, and we, we decided and, and locked it down, um, the, the recipe of, of what the wine was going to be, the percentages, um, then that, those wines are blended together and the wine was bottled. And the wine was bottled in, um, in 15. Right. And then basically laid down for another year. So you've been, you've been at this since 2014, really. Right. End of 13, let's mm -hmm. call it. And here we are in 18, and right. bottles are just coming off the shelf. Is that, <laughs> well, is that they've been, we've been uh, 18 months. Okay. Um, you know, since we, we, we launched, um, you know, the production. But with a single vineyard, it, it actually, you know, there's, there's a lot of companies that make, a lot of wineries that make single vineyard wines that where they lay the wine down for two years in bottle just to let it settle. It's so, you know, the FDA make you put sulfites in wine on, in, in the United States, which, you know, if you drink the wine pre-bottle and right. then you drink it two okay. days after bottle, yeah. it's a completely different wine, and it takes a while for those for that for those sulfites to settle into right. to the juice and, and and for the wine to settle down again. So, uh, some some of the um, higher end, more exclusive, you know, cult type wineries, they they'll lay down. I think Screaming Eagle lay down their Cabernets for three years after after they've been bottled. So two years, two years in the barrel, three years in the bottle before they even go to sale. So that thirteen would be coming out in eighteen. How how did you have the patience for that? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't imagine. That's I mean, a great question because it, it, ask anyone that knows me, they'll tell you I don't have a lot of that. But with this, it was just it's you know, you knew what was had. what was funny when I sat with down with Steve from the wine foundry. I had all these ideas. I was you know I was going to get in the wine business. I was going to change it. Right. I was going to do it Simon's way, and right. and I was like, you know, we're going to do this, and I want to use this bottle. And he's like, no. No, no. <laughs> you just just keep talking, and I'll tell you how it's going to be. Right. So, you know, um, the wine industry is the way that it is because that's the way it's been, and you know that's why when you go into um, high times um, here in Costa Mesa, you know, to buy wine, or you go to a grocery high-end grocery store, and you look at that, you look at that top shelf of the good wines. Why kind of all the labels look the same. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it, there's a there's, there's a, a formula. Right? There's, there's a formula. The stuff that sells is that you. I always equate the the wine label to that like off yellow color that right, right, right. That just seems to that beige label that Mondavi <laughs> and and so many of these guys use for so long because I think that people 
I think purists don't like to look at something and think that, oh, that's, I don't know. I, right. Because there's so many people buy familiar. wine because of what they see on the label. Right. You know? And there's so many buy wine because of what they see or what they've heard or, or because they know the winery. And, to you know, it, it is great to have a, a pretty bottle. Yeah, it no, is you great to have a beautiful bottle. But, but the story has to be... You know, the story of the wine has to be what's in the bottle. Tell me, yeah, tell, speaking of the story, tell me, what is, uh, where did you get the name Old Acre? Where did that come from? Um, I mean, I pro- <laughs> probably pretty straightforward, right? <laughs> yeah, I wish it was. Um, we, uh, we went through quite a few names. Uh, it, there's so many, so many people making wine now, so many companies making wines, and, and so many wineries using so many different names. It, it it was uh, it, that was that process is so. For those that you don't know, the the liquor industry is covered by by one entity uh, with the TTB that do the trademark standards and and that so it's beer and wine. It's well, it's wine, it's beer, it's liquor. Um, I mean, our, our original um, our original name. I was trying to remember what I was trying to call it first when we first started, and I just remember. That, that there was an Australian whiskey company that had registered that name. So once it's registered, it doesn't matter where in the world it is. Wow. If it's registered as a trademark in beer, wine, or, or, or hard alcohol, yeah, you can't, you can't use it. So there was even a thing, you know, with because of my ties to golf, we were thinking about maybe like... A golf pond. Well, at St. Andrews, they have, in the 17th hole, they have this, you know, the old wall. And and you know the it's a, the road holes are like one of the most famous holes in golf. So we're thinking, well, if, you know, old wall. That's kind of cool. You yeah. know, it, it it incorporates the old. It, I wanted to. It's. Um, I wanted to to have a name that that didn't seem like we were some kind of young upstart. Right, you know, right, like right, right. so the old part of it I liked a lot and. Um, and, and then, the, you know, acre being like the acre of space that I, when I think of old acre, I think of a tree yeah. in a field with vines growing around it with a, with a, like a wall. And, you know, when we tried old wall, there was a, a French winery that, uh, the interpretation of the name of their vineyard, uh, <laughs> was wall. old wall in France. <laughs> so that got knocked back. So I fifth or sixth try, I, I remember sitting at the kitchen table with Laurel one morning and, uh, and I just somehow like. The old, old and the acre came together, so... Um, then you submitted in and then waited wait a week or so, or what? I wish it was that simple. Oh, no, right. we were submitted in and we were challenged by, um, by a, a company, uh, a winery that, that actually already has the word acre in it and went through about 18 months uh, backwards and forwards with attorneys until we could agree that I wouldn't use, uh, you know, the likeness of, of their bottle on my bottle. And I mean, I get why you'd want to protect, you know, the, the properties that you've worked hard to gain. Um, it just, it's, you know, we had no, there was, there was no, um, there was never any um, thought right. that, that we would try to to emulate anything that they've done, even though they've been very successful. So, yeah, it, 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 that, that part of it, 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 if you try and think, so, you know, we're coming out with our red blend um, in, the, in the fall this year. That's uh, wine that's been barreled down now for a couple of years, and we'll talk about that maybe a little bit more. But um, And trying to find, a lot of red blends have names, like the prisoner, the right. pessimist. I right. mean, I'm sure you've seen yeah, all yeah. these different names, uh, and, and people are so imaginative. 
Um, it's it's mind blowing, and you try and think of anything, and you put that word in, and then put the word wine next to it, That's and and taken. yeah, I mean everything. You, I, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. I was doing some research a couple of days ago and I was thinking about oh that's a cool word maybe you could use that as the name for your blend and I think I've resigned myself to the fact that um, Vintner's blend is going to be right. <laughs> kind of where we end up just purely because um, that's what it's, it is that's what it is and and you know maybe maybe um, Maybe I should have a competition like Nike did to get their name. And, you That'd know, be great. You'd probably get a lot of maybe we could get Maybe give away a bottle of wine and, and uh, see if we can get some, some good names to call that blend. That's but beautiful. we're still working on that. What, I, what, I, what I'm getting a sense of is as, you, as you've traveled this world in, in your age, you just go with your dreams and you go with your gut and you go with kind of where the wind, wind blows you. How, how, have you. how have you lived such a cool life like that where you just kind of – decided to take chances and risk what what was what, what was the feeling that you got I, to make the most moves i really don't know i mean it, it's weird that you should ask that because i was coming over here and i thought you know what what, what are you going to ask me and what are we going to talk about and i was thinking well if i it just it sounds kind of surreal to say it out loud that the the opportunities and the things that, that that i've done but i think i've always been driven to just do what i want to do um i i always I had lunch with a friend of mine yesterday and I said, I don't know what I do want to do when I grow up. I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I just, I think, I think that's the beauty of life. I think if, you know, if I, I, I hate to say feel sorry for, but I, I pity the people that, that, that grind away doing stuff that they don't want to do to, 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 you know, I, 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 I just don't believe that you're put on this, this, this world to work. I mean, I, I can't, I don't, I don't, I don't sign up to the fact that that um, that you should be ruined. You know, you should be run by your career. Right. I love that. What's the saying? You you should uh, work to live, not live to work. Right. No, I, I, that's what I think. That's what I when I heard your story, it was it, was, it, it intrigued me because I think I think unfortunately this world's full of people that are living day to day, paycheck to paycheck. They're not living their dreams. They're not they're not exploring the world. And right. When you, you get one go round, right? I mean, exactly. that's it. And, and then, you know, with my mom going through uh, what she went through, uh, my mom went through, you know, a cancer last year and uh, and, and she's still take having treatment for for that. And, and it, I, I don't know. It, I mean, that that kind of kicks me on again. And like, you know, take take advantage of the time you've got and do the things you want to do, because I mean, there's a couple of th I read I read the the Steve Jobs's statement that he that or you know whether it was a statement or not or whether he was just talking, um, you know, before he passed away when he was in hospital and 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 you know none of us are taking any of it with us. Yeah. No one has yet. Yeah. And uh, and and just when he said, you know, you can pay people to do this and you can pay people to do that, you can't pay pay someone to have your cancer. You right. can't pay someone to 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 die for you. So. Yeah. I mean, um, on this earth, I just think you, you should do the things you want to do, explore the, the things you want to explore. And if you, I hate to use the word dream because it wasn't really a dream. It, it It's all just kind of... A gut feeling maybe? I don't know. It's just all kind of happens, I think. It, it, you know, I think that a lot of times people in their lives, you know, there's probably five or six times or maybe three or four times in people's lives where... There's there's a there's a bridge you know there's, there's, a, there's a, a river and you, yeah you've got a you I think I'm a type of person that when I got to that 
I mean, crossroads. You decided the job that I the job that I quit. I mean, people don't quit the job that I had working on the PJ Golf Tour. I mean, right. I travel. I was traveling around the world. You know, by the time you've been doing it a couple of years, you've earned enough miles to get to be first class pretty much every everywhere you fly. But I was on the road forty weeks a year. I was, you know, staying staying in staying nice in, in nice hotels, but they're nice. still hotels. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not home. And, you know, I mean, working with some of the, the greatest guys, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, golf isn't very stressful. I right. mean, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't, <laughs> say the least. well, I'm just saying, I mean, it, it's not, it's not a high stress. It's not like Formula One motor car racing or something, you right. know, it's not high stress. And, you know, these guys, they all get it. They all realize how privileged they are and how, how you know, but they're very talented guys who put in a ton, a ton of work. I think that's the thing. That when I used to tell people what I did, and I worked with these players on the PJ Golf Tour, and these oh those guys who you know make a million bucks, I'm like, yeah. they don't see them standing in the bunker for six hours in a row on a Tuesday, right? You know, they don't see the the time and effort that they put in in the gym. They don't they don't get to see the parties they skip. The, that the oh yeah, I mean the the, the, the especially the last ten years. I mean these guys, you know Dustin Johnson and and uh, like Rory now. I mean they work on their bodies constantly. They have trainers. They have you know. Um, you know, swing coaches. Yeah, yeah. they are athletes they're now. Athletes, I, yeah. I'd say back in the 70s and maybe even in the 80s, they were you know, the they were not considered to be athletes. But, I mean, now some of these guys, I mean, Brooks Kepka that came out a couple of years ago and won the U.S. Open last year, I mean, just a stud. Is that right? Yeah, yeah I mean, he could, and Dustin could have played anything in college. Could have been a, could have been a, a you know, a quarterback, wide receiver, you know, could have been, could have played a lot of places in basketball. I mean, th these guys are – and I think that's why now a lot of the athletes – so interesting, you know, Steph Curry, he was a great golfer. And Tony Roma just played in the, the uh, Punta Cana event last week. He right? got an invite to the web.com event and played, played, played a, an event last week. I mean, I think those guys, um, those guys realize how good. I mean, Jordan's just, I mean, Michael's just crazy what? about golf. Yeah, yeah right. right. It's, it's, all, it's all, you know, technique and time and, and, and so what I was going to say is that those guys put in that, that, that work and, 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 you know, when I told people I was, I was quitting the job, I mean, I loved the job. I, I did, but I, I, and, you know, I, I, I would still do it if I could be transported there right. the every week. But the, the travel, it just ended up getting me down. I mean, I, I spent, I'd say, like, best part of nine years on the road constantly. And my year would consist of starting in the U.S. until uh, till Augusta, till the Masters, um, or the Tour Champion, or the Players' uh, Championship in Florida and then go over to Europe and start the European season and work in Europe all the way through um, all the national opens, the French, the Irish, uh, until the British. And then after the Open Championship, I would come back to the U.S. and, and we had the playoffs. And then, in their infinite wisdom, the PJ Tour decided that they'd have a wraparound season. <laughs> so, you know, my boss is like, well, they're, not, you know, they're not taking a break. So. Right, let's keep going. Yeah, and it just, it just got to – and I was, it was time for a change. I mean, most of the things I've done have kind of had 10-year spans, seemingly. So maybe I just have a short – I have a 10-year attention span. Right. And, and just, yeah, just to be home – my boys live here in Southern California, and, uh, and just to be home and around them, even though they're grown now, um, and to be back in beautiful Dana Point yeah. and, and spending time with, with my girlfriend, Laurel, um, you know, and, and my Life's mom. Good. And just, yeah, just being here and, and being able to, you know, jump on a Southwest plane and go to Napa in an hour. 
and 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 work on this project has been it's just been it's been awesome what what would you say to an inspiring winemaker someone that's just really passionate maybe someone that's younger that says you know i really love wine and i uh, my calling is to, to be in wine where do you start out i think like i said i think you just gotta you just gotta get on with it you know i mean the, the way that every winery is structured is the same but so different you know, there's certain do's and don'ts. Like I said, you know, when, when Steve at the Wine Foundry was, you know, telling me the way it was going to be, you know, you kind of realize that it is. But within that, you know, the, there's some great winemakers down in, in Temecula, in, in San Diego County. You know, in, in, in this, it, you're never going to have Napa fruit down there because you don't have Napa weather conditions. Right. You know, just the same as you don't have Napa weather conditions in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, there's a, Oregon and Washington. There's a lot of, you know, uh, upcoming wineries yeah, um, and, and some great wines. But, you know, for me, it's about Napa. For me, I'm a, I'm a big red Cabernet red blend guy and and that fruit from napa is just it's you know you know and especially this wine we made you know it's from rutherford i mean the the old stories you know the rutherford dust the legend of the rutherford dust i mean it's it's there's just something about the fruit that comes out of that area that's just so unique to that area you know with the 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 rutherford bench is actually a thing it's a place right and and you know um the just the, the the land um so t- terrier, so, as so it were. If you're a winemaker, go out to Napa. I, no, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think I think why. I mean, you could get grapes. It depends on what you want to do. I mean, when people ask me, "Am I the winemaker?" I'm like, "Well, God's kind of the winemaker." Right. But um, you know, the, the 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 fruit you've got to work with, uh, what you got to work with. Now, I didn't go to college. I didn't. You know, Patrick that 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 helps me with this with the, these projects. You know he's he's a real mind maker. I'm not I'm not saying I'm a, but but did I make this wine? Yes. Yeah, right. right <laughs> we right. we blended it the way that I wanted it to be blended. We we you know we did it the way I wanted to do it. So, yeah. um, I, I think if anyone wants to do it, I think you know why 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 wouldn't you? I think there's a few places opening now in New York and Chicago, and they're like blending bars. So you can go and they give you a beaker of uh, Cabernet, a beaker of Merlot, a beaker of Syrah, and you can kind of make oh, your. I mean. Cool. That's kind of winemaking, right, you know, right? right? right. I mean, if Check you if you have a pint of beer and you put what we call lemonade seven up in it in England, they call that a shandy, right? So you've made that, and and that the the what's in that, depending on how much you put in, makes it sweeter or not as sweet. Right, right, right. Or uh, you know, I, I think that to make anything, I mean, um, there's a new brewery opened in San Juan Capistrano called Docent, and my friend Brian's the the, the beer maker there. The thing about that, I about that is that if 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 you make a beer and it's really popular, you can make some more in three weeks. Right. We're not like in wine. If you make a mistake, right, you're, you're kind of stuck season, with the right? mistake. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we get we get a harvest once a year. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I I don't want to say it, it it's easy. It's not easy. It's the same as anything in life, you know. And and it. it what I thought would take a year to get to the point that we're at now, where I think that we're we're kind of getting there, um, I, I, it's taken three years, and right. I, I think for for us to be to be known, we need to make more wines. We need to show that we have consistent quality. So this Cabernet, you know, we've we've received some. I mean, first vi- vintage, we we've, we've received ninety from two publications, a ninety-two point score and a ninety-one point score. So. 
I think anything in that 90 plus range, you're kind of rarefied air. Absolutely. Uh, and to do it on our first stab was just, you know, maybe a little bit of luck, maybe, you know, um, some great guidance and some great, um, you know, experience that came from the guys that helped me do it. But at the same time, I think without the fruit, you, yeah, you, you just can't get there. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I honestly, I do like all wines and, and I, I, a lot of the stuff I drink at home at night, you know, it's a $20 bottle from sure. wherever or even a, a $10 bottle from, you know, and, and I, I don't think, I mean, my favorite rosé is, is the, uh, this French rosé that I buy at the grocery store. It's <laughs> yeah. like seven bucks a yeah, bottle no, and I, I love the, it. Some like, of the best rosés are those little Yeah, and, and so, I mean, but when you get into the fine wine world, you, you have to, I mean, you know, we, we, we have our wine in, you know, uh, should we, sit, should we drink some of it? Yeah, why not? Let's. Oh. Proof's in the pudding, right? Yeah, right. Well, you go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah so we're in, uh, you know, Fig and Olive, Solani's in Dana Point. We're in Craft House and uh, the, wine, the Wine Bistro and some places where, you know, you can't, you have to have, uh, oh, he's spilling it now. Oh, oh no. There goes your master psalm. Right. Yeah. So it's been, this one's been open. A little bit. Nose is good. Tell me what you think about it. Tell me why you like it. Just a really smooth everyday. I mean, this is a great steak, steak eating Cabernet. The nose on this is just, honestly, it just gets better and better. It really does. I mean, I know it's easy for me to say that, but um, that's part of it too. I think, I think wine is, uh, it's the way it looks, it's the way it smells, and then it's the way it tastes. I mean, if you, don't, if you don't have it? that whole thing where, yeah, and, and Patrick, um, you know, the wine, our winemaker that I work with, you know, we talk about mouthfeel. I think that's a lot of it as well. And he, the way he described his perfect wine to me was like, it's like a football, uh, an American football. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, where you've got that entry and then it should get big in the middle and then kind of have a, a nice Smooth light finish. aftertaste. And yeah, it's great. What was awesome was that, um, you know, as, mm -hmm. a, as young of a wine as this is and, and, and a, as young of a, of a brand as you are, going to the, the Taste of Napa with... 40 of the best wineries in Napa County. This was a standout for me. Yeah, I got to thank Dan Williams from High Times for giving us the invite to that event. I mean, yeah, I mean, to be, like I say, to for this to be our first vintage and for, for High Times to support us the way they have um, and to be invited to that event was an absolute privilege. Um, Tell us about the, the success of that. I mean, yeah, we... Day, it was, uh, I think I said to you earlier, when we got there, it was interesting because the first hour was VIP and we've got, you know, we're next to Alpha Omega on one side and we've got Camus on our right and you look across the way and you've got Nickel and Nickel and Farniette and Chapelet and Mole and all these big Napa Valley vineyards and uh, uh, winery names that I've been a huge fan of sure. forever. And, and uh, you know, just to be in the room felt special, but... The first hour was interesting because, you know, most people just gravitate towards the, you know, the names that they know because that, you know, they've been getting great wines from those people for a long time. And, right. you know, slowly but surely people come over and like, you know, so what's your deal? You, <laughs> we got, you know, our one vintage sitting on the table and I explained to them it was a single vineyard from Rutherford and, you know, that, you know, we blended it with this and that and they do, oh, okay. And they just, you know, take a little smell, and, you know, take a sip and 
oh, oh, this is good. Oh, this is, <laughs> this is really good. Right. And then they go over and get their friends and come over and bring their friends over. And then, I mean, we ended up having a party. It was fantastic. We had so many people. Um, um, I got emails the next day. Uh, um, Orders. Yeah, it was I mean, great. Yeah, um, we, we did, I think... I think we, we did really well as far as the, the orders that we got from the, the people that came to the event. And the follow-up uh, to it has just been, it's extraordinary. And I, think, I just think that it's, it's just a compliment to, to the fruit more than anything. I mean, I think, like I say, I think when you, when you, when you have, you know, amazing grapes, um, you know, you can do, you can do amazing things. I, I think you can, the only thing you can do with them is mess it up. And right. I feel <laughs> that, you know, I feel that, that that these days, I mean, making a single vineyard wine is is very challenging, and the fact that you know it does take longer to mature. I mean, if you you know our next our next foray is is into the red blend world, and you can do so much more with a red blend. I mean, right. you can you know you can mix different fruits. I mean, most of the the most popular red blends are the the Bordeaux blends, five varietal. You know, like an Opus One has been a has been a huge. Um, a huge success over the years um and you know a lot of, like the prisoner i mean the prisoner came out it's a dave finney wine the great um one. yeah the great one the great finney um and and you know i mean it's it it took a life of its own right. over time and you know I, what we want to do is i my my thing about making wine is i want to make my cabernets cabernets i want to make my blends blends and i want to make my pinots pinots i i don't like big heavy pinots i don't like overripe cabernets um and i think a, a blend should be what it is like it should be a party in a bottle i mean right. came a special selection i mean you, it's purple i mean the, the right. stuff is it's it's awesome i mean and that's why it's been such a huge success for for the wagner family um you know the fact that uh, you know they use their best fruit in that in that in that that wine and and you know it stands up um so yeah, we're we're actually getting close to a time uh, where we're going to blend, actually d finish the blend, and and honestly, at this point, we're not a hundred percent sure what it exactly it's going to be, but yeah. it's going to be it's you know we we've got so much great fruit to work with. That, like I say, I I think the I think the the whole um, the only thing I can do is, is, is do it an injustice. You right. know, I think, you know, just getting that blend right. So it's, it's not too big where it's overbearing. I mean, I think that the thing that I love about this cab is that when I finish a glass, I want another one. Right. And sometimes I have a, a, a bottle of wine and you have a glass and you're like, yeah, that's kind of enough of that. You right. Know? And, and that's the types of wines we want to make. So even though we want to make it big and bold and, and, and full of fruit and big nose and want to make it something that you want more of, you right. know, that, that, you know, I mean, I've personally never opened a bottle of wine. I've, I've, I've closed. So right. <laughs> I just think that it's rude. You know, I think no once doubt. you've opened it, you, yeah, sh you, you should finish going. it. Yeah. So, so that's kind of what's next. And then following that, we want to do uh, a, a, a second vintage uh, Cabernet. Right. So the next 10 years is going to be, you know, you, you plan on expanding upon this business even further. You think you'll venture off into something new? No, I think I think uh, for now, I think it's all about the wine. Um, I think that we've kind of proven our concept that, right. that we can do it. You know, we've we've trademarked the name and we're, we're kind of we want to kind of give it a go. And, and, you know, I mean, my my thing is, is uh, being vindicated really by 
the fact that you know uh, Fig and Olive, Salani, Steakhouse, you know that those those guys have sommeliers. These guys know wine, and the fact that they're willing to put our wine into their restaurant yeah, and have their huge. customers um, have it on their wine list. I mean that that for me was the the affirmation really that I needed to to say, all right, you know this is this is good. This is viable to have repeat customers in in you know at high times and and the other stores that we sell the wine at to keep coming back and getting more wine. It's like okay. So they, they dig what we're doing. Right. Um, and that and, helps you kind of keep pushing yeah, forward. Yeah, kind of push forward. And, and now, so now with the blend, we're going to try and make a minimum of 250 cases and then build up to the next cab release of maybe 500 cases and, and just start getting into, you know, into that, that world. But at the same time, I really have no interest in having my wines be in grocery stores. I mean, that's not where we want to go. It's more for the fine wine collector, um, I don't mean to sound snobby, but that's just the nice restaurants. The, yeah, the yeah, restaurant wine quality jars. wines um, that that you know you can find in wine specialty shops is kind of where we want to be. I mean, if we could get to a point where we're making you know fifteen hundred to two thousand cases of wine a year in maybe three different varietals, that would be you know that would be that would be about perfect for me. Yeah, Simon, where can we find your wine at? I know we've got it locally here at High Times. Yeah, High Times is actually the only place that we're currently selling it in retail. Um, but in restaurants, uh, Fig and Olive, Newport Beach, uh, Solani's in Laguna Beach, Solani's Steak Tavern in Laguna Beach. And then in Dana Point, we're in, uh, we're actually in quite a lot of restaurants in Dana Point, which is where I live. Um, we're in Craft uh, uh, House, um, um, Lux Martini Bar, um, Waterman's Harbor, which is a great restaurant down in the harbor in Dana Point. Um, and uh, get your oh, online, Trevor's right? at the Tracks, a brand new restaurant that just opened in uh, in San Juan Capistrano as well. Okay, cool. Trevor's at the yeah. Tracks. Trevor's, yeah. Okay, cool. And it's then we can we can get your wine online as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. Just uh, through through the website at oldacrewines.com. And for you, are you uh, on social media or Facebook, anything like that? I actually was on Facebook until the weekend, but um, we pulled it down until they figure out their privacy settings, and then we're going to jump right back on. But we do have a, an Old Echo page on, on Facebook. On Instagram and Twitter, we're at Old Echo Wines. Okay, cool. Uh, one of the so things pleasure. that we, we end uh, our podcast on is what could you start today that would help you win tomorrow? Listening a little more. <laughs> Listening more. Apparently, I'm good at talking. Um, yeah, I, I just I realized that um, in the... Uh, in the last few years of, uh, of of learning a new trade, I suppose uh, that that listening more and talking less is definitely something that I I, I aspire to do later in life. I think uh, I think when you're younger, you just you know you can't wait to get the words out, and I just think that you know listening to people that um, that have done it before or people that have, have got more experience in that field than you. Um, and listening to what they have to say is super important. So I think if, if, if anything, it'd be, yeah, speak less, listen more. I love that. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Thank you, brother.